Loud for the Lord is good, and his mercy endures forever. Whom the Lord has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Well, let's look to one another and say, that's you and I. Amen, amen, amen. Well, we will continue our lesson on uh, the renewed mindset. Renewing the mind. Amen. Renewing the mind. And so, if you have your Bibles, let's go to our opening scripture. We've been using Romans chapter 12. Look at verses 1 and 2. Renewing the mind. Now, the word renew again means to renovate. Okay? It also means to be restored. So, when you have, we talk about a renewed mind, we're talking about uh, renovating something. It would be like if we wanted to renovate this chair or to restore it back to its original setting. Now, to even though you renew it, you restore it, it has to be what? Maintained. And that's the same thing about your mindset. Once you have changes, once you start changing your belief, changing your habits, now you have to maintain those changes to walk out the life of Christ that's in you. Because everything, every day and everything around you is going to fight you to get you to resist the change or to keep that change that you have made. See, sometimes you could be 20, 30, 40 years in walking with the Lord. But you stop renewing your mind. Now, things that was unacceptable, they'll start creeping back into your mindset. Are y'all following me? So that's the reason why it's so important that you keep your mind renewed with the Word of God. So in order to do that, notice as I talked to you about saying that you cannot, you know, begin to start speaking or confessing the Word until you start renewing your mind first with the Word. So you have to renew your mind with the word of God before you can tap into this grace. Okay? And notice this in Romans 12. One says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, how? By the mercies of God that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is what? Your reasonable service. Now, let's go back to verse 36 of chapter uh, Okay, there he's right there. Let's go back to verse 36 in chapter 11 to look at when Paul said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren. Well, he, now, why would he beseeching us or why would he say, therefore, brethren? This is why he said this. And look in verse 36 of Hebrews, I mean, of uh, Romans 11. I think it's the last verse of Romans chapter 11. For of him and through him and to him are all things. So that means because we're born to God, we belong to God, he's the creator of everything. That's why he says, to whom be glory forever. So for of him, through him, and to him are all things. So we were created to serve God. That's the purpose. That's your purpose. Your, your purpose, my purpose, was to create, were created to serve, to live for God. Every human being on the planet Earth, there's 8 billion plus people on the Earth right now. Did you know all 8 billion were created to serve God? We were not created to do anything else but to serve Him. And the reason why to serve him, because he has made provision for all things that you and I have need of. So it's not the need that we have need of because he's provided your need. But what God destined in our lives to do is he has a plan for each one of us. And, and not only just a personal plan, but even a plan corporately, you know, like a corporate anointing. Whereas we may be called to reach a church in China, to start a church corporately together. 
financial resources, whatever is needed, will get over there in China to make sure that the church in China don't lack anything. Are y'all following what I'm saying? That's a corporate anointing. And then some of you may be called as a mission on the mission field to go to China to in that place to do what? To pastor that church or to hold teaching classes over there for maybe six months at a time. So when he says, for of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever, because we were created for him. So therefore, now go to verse 1 of, of, I mean, of Hebrews 12. So therefore, now God can begin to navigate, lead us in the way that he will have us to go. Because our life is what? It's not our own. Our lives belong to him. Now, all 8 billion people don't know that. Are you following me? So it is our job as what? Believers to let this life that's in us shine through us. Okay? And me, his life. Your body, my body is just a temple. That's what it says here. Watch this. That you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Not a dead sacrifice. But a living one, one that's willing, one that has chosen, one that has made the decision, I'm going to let my light shine. You know, not like the old song we used to sing in the Baptist church. I'm going to let, do this see, let, let this, yeah, this light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Boy, they get the hook. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine, right? No, we got a big light. We're not, it's not little no more. It was little because we were by ourselves. But now we got this big light, amen? So it said, look at the word right there. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice. So a living sacrifice, that means you are allowing the Holy Spirit to do whatever's need, whatever works needs to be done in your heart, in your mind, so that the glory of God can manifest through you. Because some people, the only God they will ever see is you and I. It's through you and I. You were created in his image and likeness. Watch this. Put this up for a minute, Casey. Genesis 1.26. This, this was God's original mindset. And this is still God's mindset. This is what God, this is how God see you. He said, and let us, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, over the earth, and over all, I mean, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that what? Creep it up on the earth. This is God's mindset. Man was not even created yet. But in the mind of God, this is what he said. Let us make man. So you now see the purpose of why God making man is so that God could have someone on his level he could fellowship with. Now God could fellowship with a chair. He could fellowship with the birds. He can fellowship with the cattle, fish. He made it all. But it's not in the image and likeness of him. You and I were created in the image and likeness of him. And that's the reason why the enemy would do everything he can to get you to not worship God, to get you to not follow God. He wants you to follow your own way. He wants you to follow your own plan, which has been contaminated. So when he said, let us make man, and notice this, verse 27. Now watch this. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he, him, male and female created he, them. So God had a discussion with himself in verse 26, uh, Jill, and in verse 27, God made man and woman in the image of in the likeness of him. Now look at verse 28. Watch this. Jordan. 
This is why you can't do your own thing. I'm just saying. Chop, chop. Verse 28 says what? And God blessed them, meaning God empowered them. In other words, each one of us have a different function of empowerment. That means God created you for a specific task. It's not just having children. Children is part of it. God may have created you to have multi-businesses. God may have created you to, to build homes, to build buildings. God may have created you to sing, to worship. There are so many things here on the earth that God has used for all of us, but you have to have a heart, a mind that said, Lord, I'm here to do your will. And look what he did. So he blessed them. Meaning he empowered them and God said to them, now be fruitful. Now to be fruitful means everything that, what is it? The earth needed their attention. Okay? Adam and Eve was to, their original intent was to continue to see the earth populate the way God created it. Their job was to watch over it. So today, even as believers, our responsibility, notice this, the finished works is in Christ. So our responsibility is to do what? Is to watch over what Christ have already ratified for us in his death, in his burial, in his resurrection for you and I. Meaning, if he gave us dominion, he said, be fruitful. What's the way of being fruitful? Again, it's not just having babies. What's a, what's a, what will come to your mind to be fruitful, that you could be fruitful at? Love. Be fruitful where? What, what is anything else? Be fruitful. You know, again, providing. It could be businesses. I mean, just think about you. God created you to be a businessman, a businesswoman. Huh? Animals as well. I mean, you could, you know, uh, God created you and I to do what? To be, he entrusts you and I to his creation. To watch over it. I mean, sometimes we look at these commercials, sometimes they have cruelty to animals. Well, God created animals for us to enjoy, not to have cruelty. Sometimes you see people, they have dogs tied up. They beat them. They do different things. That, that's, that's abuse. But, you know, you got to be careful because sometimes these people put more, they put more into the animal than they do in the human life. So it's out of balance. So you see, it, but you got to understand God put in all of us a purpose for existence until your mind is renewed to the thing that he purposed you, that he blessed you to do, then you'll find yourself in faulty ways, keep doing this, going to that, trying this, trying that. Why? Because your mindset is not settled. That means the thing that God purposed for you has not truly come to light. Because whatever God purposed for you, guess what's going to happen? You're going to be satisfied with what you're doing. When you're disgusted, when you're not satisfied, that means because you're not really walking in what he empowered you for. Or maybe you're going about it wrong. You're going to always be making adjustments. Just because you get in that right place with God doesn't mean that you don't need any little adjustment. We're always going to be making course Correction, meaning adjustments in our walk, with our attitude, with our behavior, how we treat people, right? We're going to always be making those course correction as we go. Why? Because that's a part of us that have not learned. We are teaching. We are exercising 
godliness. Just like you have to exercise your natural body to do what? To, you know, to stay in shape, to keep your physical muscles, your bones, or whatnot strong. Well, you've got to exercise your senses. Walking in love, huh? being patient, being long-suffering. Why does it take you so long to do this? Why? Did, well, a lot of times God will use that to do what? To exercise that godliness in you. Godliness means that you've been sanctified, set apart for his use is saying this, meaning this. You can be long-suffering if you choose to let me, the life that you have that's part of you, that's in me, flow through you. But sometimes we don't have that mindset. I can't wait that long. What's taking you so long? My goodness. Right? Well, again, I ain't get one amen. Y'all just looking. <laughs> Are you following what I'm saying? See, renewing the mind, that's what it is. See, renewing the mindset is what? When you renew your mind, it is renewing the mind into the mind of Christ. You're changing your mind. You're changing the way you think. Why? You're, because you now discovered this truth. And this truth, it trumps the way you've been thinking, the way you've been living. Can y'all see this? And I'm just showing you from the beginning, this is God mindset. The warp mindset that we have now, it comes from the same man that God was speaking life into, he chose a different route. He chose a different way of believing. And that's why our thinking got all screwed up. Okay? But we don't have to keep the same mindset or be focused on the first Adam. We need to be focused upon the second and final Adam that brought us back to God's original intent. That's Jesus Christ. But you have to choose that. You have to be willing to walk in love. When you walk in love, you're going to walk in joy. When you walk in love, I mean, you have joy, you're going to have peace. And peace doesn't always be just because, you know, everything is, you know, quiet. No, you can have peace right in the midst of chaos. Things around you could be chaotic, but you got this peace living on the inside. Why? Because Christ living through you. His life is flowing through you. And somebody knows, you're not moved by that? You're not disturbed by that? Oh, no, it's all right. But you've been exercising godliness. That means you've been exercising your mental capacity to do what? To walk in the truth that's already true in your, in your born-again spirit. You're teaching yourself. It's kind of like, you know, um, uh, fasting. You know, uh, you can't fast. You may not be able to fast six hours. I mean, eight, 12 hours. But you may be able to fast six hours. But if you keep exercising of fasting without food, then all of a sudden, your body will begin to adjust. Your mindset will begin to adjust. But the first time you hear about fasting, what, what happened? It's, oh, no. Oh, no, I got, my, I got my baby back ribs on right now. He's talking about fasting. Uh, is that right? <laughs> no, but I'm telling you, you'll be able, it, you have to exercise you know, in order to walk in these truths, you got to give yourself to it. You can't sit on the sideline and just say, I'm going to exercise restraint. And then when something come up, you blow up like a $2 suitcase. No, you have to be exercising all the time. Right? It's like your physical body. You can't wait till you have trouble and your body says, well, I'm going to start exercising. And then the moment you have to do one squat, Oh, Jesus. Well, Jesus has been talking to your Lord. I need you to exercise. I need you to exercise, right? 
Are y'all getting in that? Again, I'm not getting one amen. No, no, no. So this is God's original intent. God said, bless them, and God said to them, be fruitful. See? Multiply, replenish the earth. That's what their job. And God is still giving you and I the same call. But it's in Christ you and I can do this. Right? So when there's a storm or when there's a crisis out there, we have the authority to do what? To speak to it because it's not God's original intent. God didn't put us here to be destroyed. He put us here to occupy until Jesus returned. You can't occupy in fear, right? You can't occupy in disaster. <clears throat> All of these things are a result of us not understanding who we are and what authority that you have in that name. So you got to change your mindset. Somebody said, oh, no one can ever speak to a storm. Are you crazy? Or no one can ever be raised up off of their deathbed from a sickness. Or you'll never be able to come out of this wheelchair. You've been there, they've been in there all their lives. See, because that's an unrenewed mindset about that situation. They have not really had a true encounter with the word of God. Because once you have a true encounter of God, then you'll recognize that's not God's original intent. Then you'll start having that compassion about wanting to see them get out of that chair. Hmm? You'll have that compassion wanting them to, that were blind, able to see. Why? Because God never created no one to live blind, no one to live with paralysis. God never created no one to live, you know, afflicted in no, in no fashion or form. But sin brought that in. Now that you and I are born again, the mind has to be renewed with the word of God for change to take place. Change is not change until you change. So in order for change to come about, you got to hear the gospel in that light so that change can come. Now you can work on it because now you got the truth of what God's word says. Right? So he said, for them to replenish the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So brother Joe, you should never go fishing and not catch nothing. Oh. <laughs> so you see, no matter what we do, we should never come back empty-handed. Because you have a dominion. You have this authority. But I know sometimes people don't look at it in that light. But you do. Okay? And so it took a... a a warp mentality for us to be in a place of thinking we can't. Let me show you how we got there. Now look at Genesis chapter 3. And then look at verse, at verse 1. It said, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. The word just subtle doesn't mean, it means it's crafty. It was beauty, it had a beauty about itself to be looked upon, to be desired. Okay? I don't like no snake. People say, you know, well, that's a good snake. No, it ain't. A good snake is a dead snake. That's, that's the only good snake to me, okay? You know? And so, notice this. And it said, and he said, now Satan used that serpent because of his craftiness. Why didn't he use a cow? Why didn't he use the king of the jungle, the lion? It was the appearance. It was the craftiness. It was the subtlety of it. Something that mesmerized, something that got their attention. Hmm? Yeah, the scripture speaks about a little... A little uh, the tongue 
is a little member of the mouth, but how it can utter good and bad. That little thing in your mouth, two inches below your nose. That tongue can hurt people or it can bless people. Hmm? See, when you, your conversion as a believer, you should, especially if you have, if you have had a bad attitude or you may have come up in an environment that was just, you know, whatever. Well, now that you have this conversion and you know that that way you think, that attitude you have, you know that it doesn't fit the lifestyle you have, then guess what? Now that's for me to go to work on that. But I got to hear the gospel. I got to hear the truth. Well, you know how it is. I just, when I get angry, you know how I am when I get angry. No. Nobody can't walk around you on eggshell because you're angry. Jordan is angry. Shh. Let's let him go out. No. Jordan need to take a chill pill and get right with the Lord. Get his thinking right. Is that right? Oh, okay. I got it. I was just using that as an example. Yeah. <laughs> Are y'all following what I'm saying? This is the key. It's not to just say, well, we just go. No, especially if you're a believer. We all should want to be, find out that my challenges in my life or whatnot, maybe, yes, I probably live like this 40, 50, 60, 70 years, but I can change. But you have to have that desire. Right? Okay, watch this. So the serpent was more subtle. And notice this. It said, yes, has God said? You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Keep going, Case. And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. Keep going. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. He didn't tell him not to touch it. But you see, she got a... In the enemy, the serpent, Satan knew using that serpent because he got to have a body. Satan is a spirit just like God is. He have to have a body. He have to have a body that it can speak through. Let me say that to you again. God have to have a body that he have to speak through. Satan got to have a body that he have to speak through. And so if I yield my body <clears throat> as a servant to let Satan get glorified, then guess what? He will. Blank and a blank, 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 blank. You blank and a blank, 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 blank. And, and then somebody said, <clears throat> I thought he was saved. Yeah, he's, you know, he's saved. But guess what? He got an unrenewed mind. Until your mind is renewed with the word of God, you will still act a ninny. But not for long. Because if you're sitting in a place where you can hear the truth, the Holy Spirit brings us to that place of change. Amen? <clears throat> Look at this. So he said, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you what? Touch it lest you die. That's not what he said. Look at verse 4. And the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. Well, what did God say? You shall surely die, right? But the death that we're talking about is a spiritual death. Right now they had spiritual life. Satan was after that he was after the he was after them disobeying God so that they would be only subject to him. So you have to be mindful when somebody tell you, or oh, you know, you could go ahead and do this, it's gonna be all right. You know, da, 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 da. And if you listen to that, you're gonna find yourself stuck. Okay? Watch this. Next verse. This is the, the Satan using the serpent. 
For God does know that in the day that you eat thereof, your eyes will be open. And you should be as God, knowing good and evil. No, your eyes should be open. Not these natural eyes. Your understanding of words that were spoken to you that you should not eat of this tree. You know, if you eat of this tree, it says, notice this, death will take place. Not physical death per se. It's the spiritual life that will be absent that you had fellowship with God. You will no longer be able to think in the same light. You'll no, you'll no longer be able to do things in the same light that God, how he created you from the beginning. Satan was after that divine life, that divine way that you and I have at this moment that is in Christ Jesus. And he's still after your mindset. That's why you have to be mindful what you listen to. Even music. You have to be mindful. Okay? Notice this. For God does know in the day that you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open. That means your eyes of understanding, your eyes of perception. The way you perceive, the way you conceive now, you're going to have a different way of thinking. And you shall be as God's Knowing good and evil, God never intended for none of them to none of us to know good or evil. God's intention was for us to know Him and Him only. Next verse, Casey. For when the woman saw that the tree was now good for food, well, the reason why she saw it because now the enemy has gave a suggestion. For God does know that if you eat it, your eyes will be open. So she took the bait. Right? So when the woman saw that the tree was good, when I said she took the bait, that means her perception was changed. Hmm? And that it was pleasant to the eyes. See, it was pleasant to her eyes. Not, not just her natural her eyes of understanding. Because words paint a picture of how you think. When you speak, your words are painting a picture. It's painting an image. That's how we live. Apple. You don't see A-P-P-L-E. You see it now. Right? Because I just spelled it out. But if I say apple, what do you see? Apple. Maybe a little red apple, a little green apple, huh? gold apple. But watch this, I can put it all on the same wavelength of thinking. A big, red, juicy apple. All of us can see it. And yet, it's not in the front of us. I'm going to teach this like this one day, and somebody's going to have a big old red, juicy apple right there with them. Yeah. <laughs> but you understand that? You don't have an apple with you, but you can see it. You got an imagery, the words painted an imagery in your mindset. And that's what Satan was doing. He was using words that contradict God's way of thinking, and he gave them a different perspective of how to think. That's what it means by your eyes were open. He gave them a different perspective of thinking in a different way of what the word said. This is how deception takes place. Now, everything that's wrong becomes right. Why? Because your perception has been tampered with. Hmm? It was a little bit of fish. By the time the story got round to Brother Johnny, he's a big old fish. <laughs> so, Notice it. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eye, a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took up the fruit thereof. You see that? The tree to make one wise. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They couldn't see evil, but God already told them. It's just like what I'm sharing with you right now. You already know right from wrong. But if you don't have an understanding of what you're hearing, you will still live wrong. Because hmm? you have to meditate on these truths. 
You have to give yourself to study on these truths, to listen to the word of God on these truths. And that's where the power of the Holy Spirit comes in and make a radical change in your heart. But change can't take place until you feed on it. The same way you it the, the same way change will take place in the word of God by feeding on the word of God, change will take place in your own heart through darkness if you keep feeding on the wrong thing. You keep looking at the wrong thing, you keep thinking on the wrong thing, you keep hanging around people thinking the wrong way, then guess what? Your thinking is going to be all filled with darkness. Why? Because of what you're feeding, what you're hearing, what you're listening to. Can you see it? God gave him instruction, but notice this. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, well, what made her, what made her see that the tree was now good for food? Words were spoken. Because in verse 2 it said, God has said we should not eat of the tree. Of the midst of the garden, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we should not eat of it. Then she went on to say, neither touch it, but God didn't say that. But you see, he, he got her attention when the woman saw, because she entertained what he said. Remember, words have to give you pictures. Words have to give you imagery. It has to be, uh, what, enticing enough for you to either act or say no. Mm -mm. I know that's wrong. I'm not, I don't have nothing to do with that. You and I have to be the one to make the decision. God's not going to make it for you. He's already made it for us through his word. You have to choose it. You're not a robot. God wants you to choose him. He wants you to choose his way. When you make the right choice, then the Holy Spirit is there as a helper to help you, to assist you, to keep you in the way. But if you don't choose it, well, I'm just trusting God based on what? No. To say I'm trusting God, meaning I'm leaning on his truth that I have embraced now. But if you're not leaning on it, if you're not paying attention to it, if you're not looking words up, if you're not feeding on it, then you're not empowering the Holy Spirit to reach in that mindset and yank that out, demolish that way of thinking and plant that new life which you've been meditating on. That's how it works, ladies and gentlemen. But if you say, I'm just going to let God do it, it won't ever get done. He's already done it, spiritually speaking. It's already set. It'd be just like saying, if I prepared a meal. And I said, all you got to do now is just go to the table and eat. The meal could be prepared, but what if you never eat? Hmm? It'd be your fault to leave hungry. When the food has already been prepared. Well, it's the same thing about God's word. God's word has already been made ready, available to you and I. But you and I have to be the one to say, I take that. I take his word over my old selfish ways. And then you begin to, you put, see, you have to paint a picture within yourself. I'll never behave that way again. I'll never speak in that light again. Hmm? Look, we all come from dysfunctional backgrounds. Nobody disqualified. We all qualified to come from dis. Why? Because it's here, right here. Now, some people live, stay, live in their dysfunctionality. It's because what? They don't, number one, maybe they never heard these truths. Number two, they could be, they could reject it because they have no understanding. And this is the reason why the apostle, I mean, uh, Jesus talked about the, the variable of the ground. There are four basic type of ground in people's heart, the way they think. 
Hmm? So we all come from dysfunctional background because of right here. But now that we have the truth, do I stay an idiot? <laughs> or do I change? Right? God not holding your past against you. Not when he's provided a way out. So if I stay as an idiot, it's because I refuse to hear the truth. And if I hear the truth, why? Because if I hear the truth, guess what? I got to change. Right? I've had somebody tell me that. No, man. If I hear that truth, if I hear what you say, now I'm going to have to change. I'd rather not hear it. I've had people actually tell me that. I'd rather not hear it. See, within themselves, they already know it's wrong. That's that intuitive knowledge of God. They already know it's wrong. Hmm? So notice it. It said, when she saw that the tree was good for food, that means she didn't always see it that way. How could she see it now? What make her see it now? Words put her in that place. <clears throat> Am I making sense to y'all? I want you to understand, words get you to see things in one light, and somebody else can speak to you, and you can see it in another light. It's to whom you give yourself servants to obey his servant you become. I'm not going to give myself over to speak words that I know that can hurt, that can damage. No. I'm going to yield myself over to the words that I have of this eternal life that has been given to me. But I got to meditate on it. I got to think on it. I have to feed on it. I have to hear it. You can't live by what you don't know. You can't be tempted by what you don't that, that, that you don't know. Temptation only comes by what you think on. If I say little Debbie, see, word might leave out here and go get him a little Debbie. Man, I've been wanting me a little Debbie. Well, Jill may say, well, I can have little Debbie because look, I'm pregnant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is that right? The only thing about it is then the husband started eating little Debbie too. He ain't pregnant, but he's eating little Debbie too. That's good. <laughs> Don't know how that woman, that little Debbie boy, she might throw a pan at you. I want that little Debbie, you. <laughs> now, but notice this. And when the woman saw that the tree was what? Good for food? And that it was pleasant to the eye? Think about it. It started with perception of words that were spoken. Are y'all seeing this? Maybe I need to go back and just show you. Go back to verse 1, Casey. Because if you get this, then guess what? Now you can walk with a renewed mindset. Because you know this, is, this was not God's original intent. My first dysfunctional parent put us in that place. Okay? That's why you have to walk in forgiveness. People that hurt us. People that do bad things to us or in the past or whatever. You got to forgive and let go. Because why? We all are candidates of hurting one another. Hmm? May not be the same as someone else. But words are powerful. You can hurt people with your words. Hmm? Especially when you're in a relationship. You got to be careful with your words. Can't let your tongue fly off the handle. Well, you know how it is. No, I don't. <laughs> okay. Now the serpent was what? More subtle than any beast of the field and the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, yes, has God said. So that means Satan was listening and he used that serpent. You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Watch this next verse. 
And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. Well, right there, she shouldn't even have had a conversation with him. She should have cut him off. Watch it. Verse 3. But the tree, look, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it. It's talking about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's what that tree brings. It has, it's not just good and evil. It's the knowledge. That means I know how to be good to you if I want to. And I know how to be bad if I want to. Hmm? It's the knowledge. You shall not eat of, I mean, yes, uh, I mean, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it lest you die. Again, you know God didn't say not touch it because you have to touch it in order to do what? To dress it, to keep it. Next verse. And the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. Well, what did God say? The death is not a physical death. The death is a, you know, life that you know of separated from God. That's what Satan was after. He was after God's creation to pervert them so that they will be a perversion before God. And every time you and I live like an idiot, Satan is over there saying, huh. that's your guy you made? Huh. Look, look, look. That's what Satan is doing. He, Satan is not upset with you and I. He's upset with God. You and I just in the way. And God just sitting back. Huh. God just waiting till the number of Satan days is fulfilled. And I'm trying to tell you Satan is he is he is no match for Almighty God. Satan has made himself feel to believe that he's a big, you know, whatever. Jesus said, I saw him fall like lightning. He's only got, he only got what he got because of this dispensation of grace. But when this dispensation of grace has come to its fulfillment, God takes back over as owner. And you're going to see the demons fly like they never flew before. You think, you know, who is that? Hank Aaron can hit a baseball out of the field, a babe root. One word out of God's mouth. Satan gone. He's over. He's finished. And all of his little demons. You have this life living inside of you. But he's trying to keep it hidden from you through circumstances, through conditions, through situations. And then you say, well, I was just born like this. You, know, I was, you don't understand what, 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 what I came out of. You're using all kind of excuses to justify your wrong. And I'm trying to tell you, you don't want to keep your wrong. You don't want to keep things that hurt people. You want that to come up so you can deal with that because now you know the truth. I can deal with it now. Now I have the word of God I can place within me and get rid of that anger. I can get rid of that fear. Amen, Pastor. I didn't get one amen. Y'all just looking at me. <laughs> okay, I'm going to close with this. But I went back to show you this. So you see, the serpent said to the woman, you should not surely die. Look at the next verse. And God, for God does know. What is he doing? Words are giving her an image. Remember two things God gave them? Image and likeness. What is he doing? He's painting image and likeness of what he wants them to think. And may I suggest, Adam was not 25 miles up the road. Adam was right there with Eve. 
For God does know that in the day thereof, you eat thereof, your eyes should be open. Your understanding, your perception is going to be open to a different view. And you should be as gods, knowing good. They were already like God. God created us in his image and in his likeness. So for Eve to have taken the bait of this, she had to already been thinking in the light of it. And go back to the verse 6. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, see, now you see what I mean? That she saw, words put her in that place. And that it was pleasant to the eye and a tree to be desired to make one wise. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil is now a tree to be desired. When God said, you eat of that tree, you should surely die. Now Satan presented a whole different set of way of thinking. You shall not surely die. God does know in the day you eat thereof, you're going to become like God's, knowing good from evil. I don't want to know good or evil. I want to know God. Yeah, yeah. Huh? And she took. Why? Because the words that Satan used through that serpent, it mesmerized her. She took of the fruit thereof, did eat, gave it also to her husband with her, and he did eat. That's when everything went haywire when he ate. But if Satan was going to get to Adam, he had to get to Adam through the woman. Huh? Verse 7, Casey, and I close. And the eyes of them both were open, understanding, perception. Not their natural eye. The eyes of the understanding was open to a whole new realm. And they knew that they were naked. They've been naked all along. They didn't know they were naked because they were walking in light. They were walking in truth. Hmm? Every animal or everything in this world that has life has its glorified body. You and I are the only ones that don't. Our bodies, thank God we can cover our body up. God, use clothes to cover up your nakedness. Amen. All of walking here naked. Boy, that'd be a sight, huh? <laughs> no but the day gonna come that guess what you're gonna have a glorified body that your mindset don't even gravitate to that that's why you have these clothes but he said their eyes were open why because their understanding was open to a whole new realm I mean just think about it if you lived <clears throat> In another country. And you knew nothing about the culture here in Louisiana. You have to learn the culture here in order to stay here. So what are you doing? You're changing the mindset that you have from the country that you came from. To live here. This is what the enemy wants to do. He wants to change our mindset of thinking about God and his word, of putting his words in play. They knew they, notice this, and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves apron. And that's what happened. Now their natural eyes is open. 
Now they see themselves for what they really are. They were never to see themselves in that light. Next verse. And they heard the voice of the Lord God. Watch this. Walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. Now, notice they heard his voice. They've been hearing his voice. What sin does? Sin make you hide. Make you run. So when you're living in sin, that's what it does. It make you run. Make you hide. <laughs> he said, <laughs> are y'all following me? That's what sin does. It makes you run. When people are not living right, that's what they do. They run. They hide. Verse 9. They heard the Lord coming, but because of what they did, they ran. They hid themselves. And look at this. And the Lord God called to Adam and said, where art thou? Next verse. He said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid. That's the first place mentioned about afraid, which is attached to fear. Because I was naked, and I hid myself. He'd been naked from the day God made him, and he didn't even know it. Next verse. And he said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree whereof I command that you should not eat of? That's the only way they can know it. When you live against God's word, God's way of doing, that's the only way you expose yourself. That's the only way you feel weak and weary. Whereof I command you that you should not eat of? One more verse. And the man said, the woman whom thou gave it to me. Now the, game, now the blame game is on. She gave me of this tree and I did eat. Uh, next verse. And the Lord said to the woman, what is this you done? I think God was speaking uh, Cajun. What that is you done, you? <laughs> and the woman said, it's a serpent. He beguiled me. See, beguiled means, hey, he mesmerized. He, he uses crafty ways. Everybody blaming, and God gave everyone the option to choose. And I did eat. It's the serpent's fault. Right? Next verse, Casey. And the Lord God said to the serpent, because you've done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, upon, uh, above every beast of the field, upon thy belly should thy go, and thus should thou eat all the days of thy life. That's why we don't like snakes. So I don't know. <laughs> did y'all get anything out of that? What have I was doing? My objective here today was to show you why we have to renew our mind back to God's original intent and how did our mind, our mentality got warped. It wasn't nothing because of something you did. It was something because of our first family. They caused all humans to be dysfunctional. But then Jesus being the second and final Adam he put us back in a place that now we can trust. We don't have to lean up on that old way. We don't have to be thinking about the past. That's why you can go through a bad trauma stage of your life. And when you come in light of the word, I'm telling you, you get so saturated with the truth of God's way of doing, the lifestyle that you came out of, somebody has to remind you what took place in your life because you're so far from it and you're in such a good place that whereas you don't even think of it, you'll look in the mirror and say, did that really happen to me? That's the goodness of God. 
you could be distant. You could be so distant from your past that you have to be reminded. I really went through that. But look at where I am today. That's the goodness of God. Amen? Yeah. So whatever you walk through in your past, you don't have to keep it. You don't have to remember it. You don't have to rehearse it. You know, it may be a struggle for a little while, but I'm telling you one thing. It will distance itself from you. Just don't put yourself back in position like Jesus told the woman that committed adultery, that was caught in the midst of adultery. The man who, had the, who wanted to stone her, he probably wanted, had a stone in his hand too. But it wasn't, about, it wasn't about the woman caught in the midst of adultery. It was about trapping Jesus in his word. And Jesus said, woman, where are your accusers? She said, I have none, Lord. But he said, now go and sin no more. In other words, don't put yourself back in a position like this that this can happen because you may not come out this time. Yeah. So if you come out of a bad, <clears throat> bad condition, don't put yourself back in that again because you, you may not escape this time. It may cost your life. Okay? That's what he mean by that. Okay? Well, that's all we have for you today. Amen.